2: It's a beautiful morning. I, I think I'll go out and for a Just smile. Just take it from clean, fresh air for me. If the weather's fine and you've got the sign It's your chance to wake up and plan another brand new day Either way. It's a beautiful morning oh. Each bird keeps singing It's a song. so long Ground. You couldn't keep it down. You just ain't no good at the sun stopping. you still alive.
0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is a beautiful morning. It's going to be 63 degrees right here in Northwest Arkansas. Christmas is just a few days away. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And get ready. Man, I woke up this morning, felt a little bit rhythmic, and turned on the news. First time in days to all of my friends out there that have been trying to connect with me in the last couple of days. I just went off the grid, if you will, and uh, just needed to get some downtime. And with all the information going on, so for the first time, I turned on the news this morning at about 820, and what do I see? I see a group called the, uh, the Prayer Patriots, and they are doing what? They're spray painting the Capitol building in Washington State. And they are rioting, and they're carrying rifles and handguns. And uh, there's a call to all the Proud Boys and all the right-wing protesters now to show up at the Capitol buildings. And uh, I hear on CNN, I always glide over there to see what they're saying. And one of the uh, guest speakers on there, supposedly a sophisticated man, uh, made sure that he told everybody that Donald J. Trump was psychologically unfit for office. And that means that he told all 75 million people that are following him in the sense of voting for him and praying for him and standing with him that we are not psychologically fit. But that's nothing new when you really stop and think about it. We've been called worse, like deplorables and maggots and not fit for society and et cetera, et cetera. We've heard all of that through the years. And I just thought, wow, that's pretty ugly. That's pretty base. the things that are going on right now. They were talking about january 6th they were talking about uh the 12th amendment or the 25th amendment and so these aren't just all uh alternative news media outlets outlets of conspiracy theorists talking about these things the things you've been hearing are not fringe they are now in the mainstream and i'll tell you what i think the fringe is becoming more mainstream than the mainstream at this point and it's rightfully so i mean they should cnn Fox News, they should all be shut down, their property taken over, their buildings accessed by the power, uh, the higher power. So they were also talking about the Pentagon was getting a little bit nervous, according to CNN, you know, that the president was going to try to do something. Um, and then they talked about all the things we've been talking about. And I thought, how strange is that? But to see, the right-wing protesters, as they call them, the prayer patriots, the Proud Boys, and there are others, believe me. And I guess there's going to be some pretty intense days ahead for everybody in this country and around the world. So what do we do about it? Well, it's a beautiful morning. It is a beautiful day. I think I'll go outside for a while and just pray. I really believe that God is about to do miracles like we've never seen before. Now, I'm, t- I'm talking to you today from a pastoral heart, and I'm coming to you today from a biblical point of view. Um, you know, the world was in trouble 39 years ago when I was saved, and it's still in trouble today. But I didn't know how much trouble it was in 39 years ago. I know how much trouble it's in today. And when I look through the biblical lens, I see the signs of the times. I see the wisdom of scripture. I think it's amazing. But in reality, it's still a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day because Jesus Christ is in authority. Jesus Christ is in control. Jesus Christ is allowing whatever his will determines to be, to be. And for you and I who are holding tight to him, you see the word really believe literally means to cling to and to grab hold of. And for those who are clinging to and grabbing hold of, the person of Christ, in their faith, in their hope, and in their love. I believe that miracles, miracles, miracles are going to be displayed for all to see. And as I wrote about today's broadcast, God is in the miracle working business. Do you believe it? I certainly do. He does not offer counterfeit cheap tricks. God is not into cheap tricks. He doesn't need to perform cheap tricks, but very real demonstrations of his power, And glory that cause unnatural things to occur, unnatural to the mind of man, something supernatural. He is not a wizard or sorcerer, and he plays no magician's trick or magic. We agree with that. So God is real, and when he moves supernaturally in the life of a person or nation, he is glorified and shows himself to be true. I believe that. Are you ready for a miracle in your life? How about your nation? Well, I believe that we have to balance, because I learned a long time ago in all of this labor and all of this work that balance is the key to everything. Uh, There are always two sides. There's a day of light. There's a day of darkness. There's a day, and it's always two sides. And while we see consternation, commotion, tribulation, persecution, ramping up in this country and around the world, we also see the glory of God getting ready to be displayed through those who are going to be doing exploits in his name. And I don't know about you, but I met Dick Mills one time. I don't know if you know who Dick Mills is. Dick Mills was a prophet, and he was a friend of Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford. And he was in Van Nuys, California, and he was having a pastor's meeting, Pastor Jack Hayford. And I went from San Diego up to Van Nuys, took the RV we had way back when in San Diego, California, And uh, I drove up and stayed in the parking lot and went to all the classes. I went to Jack Hayford's home with about 15 other pastors, and we were sitting in the living room, and Pastor Jack was conducting a Bible study. And uh, while we went back to the church in Van Nuys and were going through the classes, Dick Mills showed up. And Dick Mills, there are a number of you that know Dick Mills, uh, and he's actually prophesied over your lives and I never knew the man. I've never heard of the man. But when I came back and told people what he spoke over my life, they said, oh, yeah, Dick Mills, he said this to me, he said this to me. So all I know is that he went around the room and he was speaking to people. He came up to me, he looked at me, and he just said, exploits, exploits, exploits. That was it. That's the word. And it was in Daniel chapter 11. And I thought, okay, exploits. And you know the word exploits. In Daniel is italicized, so you can't even get a real definition for that word, exploits. But I've heard it for years that in the last days, God was going to be doing exploits through his overcomers, through his sons, through his daughters. So I certainly believe that an exploit has something to do with the power of God and not our own power. And I believe that an exploit is doing something while trial, tribulation, persecution, darkness, and all that is going on. I believe that the exploits that the saints will do will be during and in the midst of. I often think of someone like maybe Anne Frank or Corrie ten Boone before she went to the prison camp, how that they were taking care of the Jewish people that were in hiding from the Nazi regime. And so that to me was an exploit. And the supernaturalness behind that is that they were hidden and many of their lives were saved. And there's probably a thousand other stories about people that have done exploits in, in in the name of Jesus Christ and we're graced by the power of God to do things. So I believe that there are going to be many exploits, a season of exploits. And if anybody has a really good definition of exploit, let me know. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Absolutely. So are and and the purpose of these broadcasts has not been to just share information. Remember, I want you to always remember this, please. That in the garden, in the beginning of time, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, God formed, listen to that word, God formed a man. He formed a man out of the dust of the earth. Remember that. Because when man sinned shortly thereafter, he was deformed. He was deformed. But God stepped in and began to inform the man. That he was going to reform the man by transforming the man into another form, or that the man might be conformed. Now, you know biblically what I'm talking about. So God formed a man. He sinned. He was deformed. God informed the man that he was going to reform the man, and he's transformed by the renewing of his mind. He's conformed into the image. And so... In Galatians 4.19, the apostle Paul cries out, what? Oh, little children in whom I travail again until Christ be formed in you. So God is all about reformation. There have been many reformations throughout the church age and beyond. There have been dispensations and epochs of time that reformations have been undergone. But the greatest reformation... That began, what, 6,000 years ago when man fell. God began the process of reformation of the heart, of the soul, of the mind. And Christ is being formed in a people who are allowing the process to take place in them. So I believe in the last days God is going to work through a people who have been clay in his hands, with zero resistance, that they have just submitted to the workmanship of Christ in their lives, And that God has been preparing them for a time where they're going to display the glory of God through whatever means God wants to do that. But God has vessels of mercy. God has vessels of glory. God has vessels that don't resist him. God has vessels that have grown up into him in all things, mature sons and daughters of the Most High God. And the maturity comes from the yieldedness or the willingness to submit and to give God his rightful place in our lives, that God may put his hands upon us and work in us whatever he wants to. And we don't say as the clay, what are you doing? No, that still is a sign of immaturity. What we do is we have learned to trust God that whatever happens, whatever happens, God is in control. And so he's forming something on the inside of us. And the apostolic cry of the Father, again, is, oh, little children in whom I travail again until Christ be formed in you. So I believe that what is going to take place in these desperate days is that the exploits of the elect are going to transpire. And you should get ready for an explosion of divine light and glory from the inside out. The story I love to tell is in Matthew 17, where you'll remember Jesus took... Peter, James, and John, up into a high mountain apart, and he was transfigured before them. Remember that? The transfiguration, Matthew 17. I won't read it to you. I'll just remind you of the story. He took three apostles or three disciples into a high mountain. He was transfigured before him. Now, that word transfigure, when you study it out in the Greek, literally talks about he began to put On display, he began to outray. He began to effulgence, and that word effulgence is to exude something from within out. So he was effulgencing on the Mount of Transfiguration, Yeshua. That is, he was he was putting on display the glory of God that had been operating in him his whole ministry. What was it that was causing him to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on water, feed five thousand? These supernatural miracles. Well, it was the glory in him, but they couldn't see it. It was concealed glory. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, <clears throat> he took the veil away and he revealed the glory. He effulgenced the glory. He allowed the glory to manifest on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you have to ask yourself, why did Jesus manifest forth his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration? Well, because He says in John chapter 17, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. So if you're a true believer, God has put his glory in you. Now remember, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So the glory of God is in the ecclesia, the true believers, but it has not yet been transfigured. There's been no transfiguration. Why? Because there is a wrong, stay with me, there's a wrong configuration of the mindset of the, of the saints of God. And with an improper configuration, there can be no transfiguration. So what I believe God is doing in the last days is bringing back apostolic doctrine. You remember in the book of Acts, the early church They were feeding on the apostles' doctrine. And in our day and age, they say that apostles don't exist today, etc., etc. Well, I believe the doctrine of the apostles is coming back into the mind of the elect of God, the ecclesia of God. So there has to be a, watch, a reconfiguration of the present configuration in order to produce a transfiguration. In other words, the code has to be downloaded properly in your mind, and my mind, in your heart, and my heart, in your soul, and my soul, in order to allow the release of the glory that is in us. And when that happens, when we stop trying to figure it out during the time of reconfiguration, of the present configuration in order to produce a transfiguration, when that happens and the transfiguration comes all over the world, come on, All over the world, saints of God are going to begin to manifest the glory of Christ in them outward. And that is going to be a miraculous sign because Jesus did say that we would do the works that he did. And if he cast out devils, we're going to cast out devils. If he walked on water, we're going to walk on water. If he fed 5,000 with a few loaves of bread and some fish, we're going to do the same. When he raised the dead, we will raise the dead. No, there should be no doubt in our minds, those of us living in these last days, that the exploits or the works of Jesus Christ are going to be doubled and duplicated. Why doubled? Because we're living in a double portion season. We're living in a time the Bible talks clearly about the double portion. And Jesus said, the works that I do, even greater works shall you do. All right? So we have a double portion. We have the greater works. So we should not be dismayed at the idea that that same Christ that was walking on this earth in a physical body with a man by the name of Jesus, that was his name, that same glory that was in him has been transferred to you. It's been transferred to millions, maybe billions of people on the planet who have received Jesus Christ into their heart, baptized and sealed with the Holy Spirit. That glory is in us. It needs to be matured. It needs to be transfigured. It needs to grow up into a form. And I am confident that God has saved the best for last. You'll remember in John chapter 2 that Jesus went to a wedding in Cana of Galilee, I believe, or maybe it was John chapter three. It was on the third day that Jesus went to a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And it was there that he manifested forth his glory. And he began his ministry of miracles. Well, praise God. It is time for the release The beginning of a miracle ministry belonging to Jesus in this prophetic third day. One day is with the Lord is 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years with the Lord is as one day. 2,000 years have passed. That's two days. The third day has commenced. And I believe it's ready to commence in a supernatural way that we are living in a prophetic third day of the Lord Jesus, which is a day of resurrection power. Now, come on, stay with me just a little bit longer here. Because we're not just playing games with the Word of God. There's revelation knowledge about this reality. It's in your Bible. But we have to become sensitive to what God is doing. Our Christian journey isn't about getting saved and going to heaven one day. God is preparing the best for last. And in that wedding of Cana of Galilee, the governor of the feast, when the water was turned into wine, he said, most men give the best wine at the beginning. And then when men are well drunk, then they give them the worst. He said, but you saved the best for last. Jesus is about to turn our water of knowledge into the new wine of an experience with God that this world has never seen before. There have been cheap tricks. There have been magicians. There have been wizards and sorcerers and all kinds of glimmering lights and counterfeits and make-believe things. And I know the devil's in the miracle signs and wonders. He's got the whole counterfeit thing going on. But as I said, when God releases, when God moves, and he begins to manifest forth his miracle working power through a people that have been walking with him and preserved for this time, mamma mia, oh my goodness. And that's why Jesus said to his, his mother, Mary, mamma mia, right? He says, Mary, what do you want? Woman, what do you want me to do? She said, it's time, son. It is time. And I'm telling you that I believe that the time has come. That there is going to be an effulgencing, a transfiguration, an outrage, a putting on display the glorious Christ from within. It's everywhere in the scriptures, so why not believe? But it requires our faith and our believing to cling to Jesus, and I'm excited about it. And I hope you are, too. What about your life? Think about it. What about every struggle you have ever had? Think about your dark season the dark night of the soul. Think about that time when you went through tremendous suffering. You went through rejection, insult. You were put away from the company of your friends or family, or you walked through hellacious times of health issues or financial issues or a broken marriage, relationship issues, and you just have been through some incredible stuff. Do you know that is what actually qualifies you to be prepared one of those vessels in the last days. What vessel has not had to go through something to be prepared for something greater? And the momentary light affliction is not worthy to be compared to the eternal weight of glory. And we know that in Corinthians, and then the present sufferings aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So, Joseph... Before he ever became who he was in Egypt, he had to go through his brothers hating him, rejection, thrown into prison, lied about. I mean, he went through hell. David went through hell. Saul wanted to kill him. He was on the run living in caves with a bunch of discontented, distressed, and indebted people. Mamma mia. You don't want to be with those tough guys, right? So there it is. And you could go on down the line. Who wasn't prepared in the furnace of affliction? The Apostle Paul certainly was. He was on the run, let down a wall out of a basket. Yeshua went into the wilderness for 40 days and experienced a direct conflict with the devil himself. So don't think for a moment that your time of suffering, conflict, consternation, persecution, rejection, abandonment, misunderstanding has been wasted. God has been using that to prepare you for this moment. And if you haven't given up and if you haven't quit, then you are qualified. You're a candidate to stand in this day doing exploits. I'm telling you, your life is going to be taken so far beyond the mere average ordinary things that men are going to do on the earth in a horizontal way. You're going to be as though it were coming down out of heaven, like the firstborn son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior came down out of heaven. We believe that there is going to be a release. Why do I say that, by the way? Because Ephesians, chapter 2 tells us that we are seated with him in heavenly places in christ jesus when when we're dead no right now we are seated with him in heavenly places so there's going to be coming a coming down out of heaven Onto this earth. Literally, something from within that's been concealed is going to manifest forth. And right now, there's been a lot of Clark Kent's hanging around, growing up, learning gentleness, low, learning what is mild, but the time of the release is at the door. I'm telling you, the time is coming that the answers are not going to come to a political party on the left or the right. The answers aren't going to come from the globalists. The answers aren't coming from the right or the left. The answers aren't coming from a singular man. The answers are coming from a many-membered body, one new man in the earth. It's coming from God's ecclesia. Now, there may be people in government that are connected to that ecclesia. There may be people on the right or maybe even on the left that are part of that ecclesia. I don't know how that's possible, but let's leave that conversation alone. But nonetheless, God's answers are are going to come through the church. And I want to remind you of a scripture coming out of Psalm 149. I was with my brother yesterday, and we were talking about this, and I thought, wow, this is an incredible passage of scripture. Psalm 149, this is for you, if you're willing to receive it. Psalm 149 says this. In, uh, praise ye the Lord. Okay, that's what you want you to do right now. This is what God is saying. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song, all right? Not the same old sob story, and I'm not putting anybody down. I know what it's like, believe me, but today's the day of singing a new song. That's why I started the program with the song that I did. It's time for a new song. The song's not new, but it's new for us today. So it says, and his praise in the congregation of saints, okay? So sing that song, praise the Lord. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him let the children of zion be joyful in their king you are a child of zion if you've been born again hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we have come to mount zion the born again spirit has come to mount zion you are the children of zion so he says rejoice he says be joyful and then verse three let them praise his name in the dance It is time for David to dance once again in the midst of the congregation. And we are the house of David, which is connected to Christ. And then it says, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. This is cool praise and worship, if you ask me. And then verse 4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Listen, if you have paid a price, any price, if you have sacrificed at any level for your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if you have suffered insult, misunderstanding, any kind of abuse, if you've been traumatized, if you've been overwhelmed, if you've been, I mean, just just gone through it, right? Well, God takes pleasure in his people. And listen to what he's going to do. He will beautify the meek with salvation. You know, The beauty of the Lord for ashes. We've heard that in scripture, right? The beauty for ashes. This is the time for an elect remnant of overcomers. And I'm not into specialization, but I know the Bible talks about overcomers and those who don't. I know he talks about the elect. I know that he talks about many called, fewer chosen. So I know that there is a remnant of individuals that aspire and transpire to, Or aspire to the greatness of God. In other words, we go for the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. There is a high calling, and not too many people are going after it. But for those of you who are and you've gone through your trouble, he says, I'm going to, number one, I take pleasure in you. Thank you for suffering for me. Peter wrote about it. If we suffer for doing what's wrong, it's useless. But if we suffer, For doing what is right, there's a great reward. Part of the reward is the beauty that's coming into your spirit, your soul, and your body, and the salvation that has been accomplished through your suffering. Taking up your cross, following the Lord, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, true salvation is going to take root in your life and watch what happens. Verse five, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. The high praises, the hallelujahs, the praise the Lord. And that's where you want to be today because you're moving into a miraculous moment with the glory of our Father. I'm telling you there's something in the Spirit. It's true. You're going to see it. It's going to happen. But better, it's better to be seen through you to take place in you. And then he says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Uh Uh-oh. We go from praise. We go from worship. We go from rejoicing and being joyful and singing to a two-edged sword in their hand. For those of you that will cooperate with the Lord and you will be joyful in your king, right now you have gone through your testing time, you have gone through your season, you have been tempted and tested in ways that you never thought you could, but you passed the test. Now you're, you're worshiping, you're singing, you're praising, you're rejoicing, you're joyful. God is putting a sword into your hand. God is putting a sword, a two-edged sword, in your hand. For what purpose? Verse 8. Oh, excuse me, verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the heathen. Wow. And punishments upon the people. Whoa, mama mia. When I think of the story of Joseph, did he execute vengeance? Did he punish the people well he put one of them in jail he tormented them for days but he loved them at the end but this is something different okay this is an ability that sword and you know what the sword is the sword of the lord is the word of god the sword of the spirit the word of god so that sword is for you to execute vengeance upon the heathen wow you think well we don't have that right Wait a second. Hold on. Let's scripture talk here for a moment, okay? And punishment. You're going to execute punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains. Wow, what a time right now to put Barack Obama in a chain, Joe Biden in a chain, Hillary Clinton in a chain. All those progressive leftists that are treasonous to the United States and God himself, whatever. You have the authority according to this To bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron. That sounds like putting them in prison. Now watch this. To execute upon them the judgment written. Uh Uh-oh, what judgment has been written? We're going to get into that in just a little bit. Now watch this. This honor. What honor? The honor of executing vengeance upon the heathen, the honor of executing punishments upon the people, the honor to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, the honor to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Hallelujah. Do you see it? Now, praise ye the Lord, it ends with. Praise the Lord. Do you see your end time calling that the sword of your tongue, the word of God that you have downloaded into your spirit, your anointed tongue is able to dip into this word of God and speak a word that will execute judgment. And if the saints of God who have been prepared and have held on and have overcome rise up in this hour and bind and rebuke the Kings and the nobles with fetters of iron and chains, We're going to see some incredible things happening. I actually believe we're going to see not only inward personal miracles in the Ecclesia, we're going to see a miracle in this nation. And you may say, well, what's a miracle? A miracle would see this fulfilled, but we're not done yet. Let's go to Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, because some of the saints are a little bit timid, and some of the saints are a little bit afraid to talk like this. But I'm telling you, it's not my idea. It's God's word. And so I want you to see this in Malachi chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, come on, all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh, shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Their progeny is not come into power. There's nothing going, there's going to be no root left. They're not going to have their sons and daughters coming into their place. Oh no, this is coming to an end. And God says, but, in verse 2, see, that's one side of the day, but unto you, "...that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness, hallelujah, arise with healing in his wings." Oh, and you shall go forth. You see, the the healer is coming. The S-U-N, the light, S-O-N of God Almighty is coming. The Son of Righteousness is going to arise with healing in his wings." But where does the day star rise? If you read in Peter, it tells us that the day star is arising in our hearts. Okay, so the, the sun of righteousness is arising. There's a rising sun, the house of the risen sun, there's a rising sun, arising with healing in his wings. You're, you've been through a brutal experience. You've been through tough times the last 30 years, three months, three days, I don't know. But there's a healing coming. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Oh my gosh, say it again. You shall go forth And grow up as calves of the stall. You're going to be skipping like calves on the open mountains. The liberty, the freedom, the growing up. My God, this is glorious picture of what God's ready to do in your life. Verse 3. And you. Here's where it gets a little radical. Okay? Here's where it gets a little radical. But don't be afraid. It's God's word. You. Who fit all these scriptures we're talking about. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. And I want to remind you of something. These scriptures do not necessitate that this will happen after the tribulation. Okay, we know after the tribulation, the Lord's going to return. The Lord, then God's going to pour out his vials of wrath upon the earth. We're going to be with the Lord, and then we're going to come back and rule and reign for a thousand years. These scriptures do not necessitate that time. These scriptures were for the saints of the old and the saints in the new. This is a dispensational message this is something that god has prepared and pre-planned before the foundation of the world that a people would walk in the demonstration and power of these particular verses in their generation it does not mean that the great tribulation happens right away okay or that this has to wait until the great tribulation no quite contrary i believe there is a dispensation where the true church of jesus christ are going to be doing exploits like never before, and that these power verses are going to be actuated, executed. They are going to go forth with divine power and glory. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I know you do. You shall tread down the wicked, they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. All right, there it is. But that goes along with Luke chapter 10, doesn't it? Luke chapter 10, we've all read this how many times? Here's the story. Glory, in Luke chapter 10, in verse, let's just pick it up in uh, verse 17. <clears throat> Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned again with joy. Remember Jesus sent the 70 out? Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to, unto us through your name. Now wait a second. Jesus sent 70 disciples out with power. They return and they're saying, "Lord, this is 2000 years ago. Lord, even the devils are subject to unto us through your name." And he said unto them, "I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven." Mm. Somebody put this together and said, in the Latin and the Hebrew and the Greek, when you put all the languages together, I saw Barack Obama as Satan. Okay. And he says here that I believe I beheld Satan as that, those are the words of the Latin and the Hebrew, by the way. It's, I'm not making that up. That's in there. Lightning is Barack, you know, and that type of thing. So I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold. I give unto you, not the 12, this is to the 70, okay? I give unto you, and then to the all who believe is what the scriptures actually say, to the end of time, not for a moment. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, Now, a serpent and a scorpion was known to be a scribe and a Pharisee in the days of Jesus. It's people in leadership position that don't belong there. Huh? Any form of political power that a person is in that they do not rule according to the righteousness of God, they are scorpions and serpents. Okay, When people want to murder innocent babies and pass laws that offend God and they want to promote wickedness and evil, they are the serpents and the scorpions. That's scriptural, by the way. Matthew 23 tell you all about it. Jesus was constantly telling the scribes and Pharisees that they were children of the devil. They were vipers, a generation of snakes and serpents. I mean, come on. And then he says, so not only am I giving you power to tread on them, with the sword in your hand and your in your combat boots on uh ephesians chapter six and i'm giving you power over all the power of the enemy all of it and nothing shall by any means hurt you nothing now he's previewing The days we're living in now. If you can go back 2,000 years ago and read this and look at it, 70 coming back rejoicing. Demons are subject to them in the name of Jesus. He's a preview of what's ready to happen globally through the people that are going to be doing exploits in the name of the Lord. Come on, this is serious business. But you see, the church hasn't grown up into him yet. It's not mature. There's been a wrong configuration. And because there's a wrong configuration, there's no transfiguration. And what we need is a reconfiguration of the present configuration to produce a transfiguration. I love that, but it's true. Anyways, it is true. Jesus transfigured before the three to show them what their reality would be. And John 17, again, details the glory father you've given me, I've given them. It's in us, but it needs to come out of us. And when when that glory is locked up, We're into, we're into, you know, light little things. We're having a hard time, you know, casting out a devil. We're having a hard time laying hands on the sick. You know, we're doing the best we can, a lot of energy. Come on. We try to get it. Something's coming. That's going to eclipse all of that. And it's coming from within you. It's coming from within the elect. It's coming within the overcomers, the remnant, those who have paid the price, who have suffered for doing what is right You don't think all of this trial and testing and tribulation and persecution and insult and all these things were for nothing. Mm -mm. Every single tear you ever shed in a trial, in your fervent prayer, as you were pouring your heart out before God, has been stored in a record-keeping book. It's all been stored. And I'm telling you, God is about to do something that's going to turn things around And we're not—you see, if you look at me thinking I'm talking horizontal things, America, the right, the left, that paradigm is so shallow to what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an uprising of the true church of Jesus Christ, the ecclesia, the called-out ones. And when God calls you out of something, he has to equip you. He called Israel out of Egypt— But he had to work with them. He had to discipline them. Forty years he was working with them. He doesn't just call you out and you become. No, he calls you out and you become by the discipline, by the process, by the work. So you got born again 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 days ago. You've been called out unto the kingdom of God to serve Jesus Christ. And now he's got to do a work in you, but it's not without purpose you have something to do. I believe every single generation of men and women of faith who have served the Lord in the last 2,000 years, they all were processed and did something in their generation that brought transformation and change, that affected the world in some way. And our generation Oh, my God. What a generation we are in, our Chinese brothers and sisters, the Russian brothers and sisters, Iranian brothers and sisters, Middle Eastern brothers and sisters, uh, South of the border brothers and sisters, uh, South America, North America, all of it. Folks, I'm telling you, there's an explosion of light that is ready to happen, but it's going to happen in a way that it's God's supernatural power operating at a level so far beyond the horizontal paradigm, it's a vertical thing that's ready to take place. And the church, my God, is ready to go vertical. See, I believe this. I'm not just making this up today. I have written about this for years, and I know the time is now. And God's saying, it is time for miracles, miracles, miracles. Now, Jesus did say this in Luke 10, verse 20. After telling him about all this power, he said, Notwithstanding, or nevertheless, in this, all this power, rejoice not. Don't rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Which brings me to the greatest miracle that ever happened on the face of this earth. And I could find you 30 more scriptures to confirm that this is a time of combat. This is a time where there's going to come a power of God that's going to take over. Don't you worry about having to do anything. The spirit of God in you, the glory of God within you, it's going to do everything. and You're just going to be following the lead. Believe me, if you're sold out to Jesus Christ, you've been through the fire, something great's coming. He's doing something that now the thing is, he says, rejoice that your name is written. Hmm in heaven. Your name is written in heaven. That's your salvation. That's where we are to rejoice. How many Christians today are rejoicing in their salvation? Some of us take it for granted. Some of us take it lightly. Some of us just kind of have this mental idea, but there's no spiritual connection. There's no like forethought and imagination or, you know, when do you remember when you fell in love with your mate? And when do you remember how many hours you spent on the phone talking to that person? And then you'd hang up the phone, and you'd lay on your bed, and you'd think about that person. And you had all these ideas running through your head. You had emotion going through you. Well, shouldn't it be that way with the idea that, man, my name is really written in, in heaven. I'm really saved by grace through faith. I mean, I've I'm actually got my name in the book. And when it comes time in the roll call, they call my name. I'm going in. And what is that going to be? I mean, shouldn't there be some thought about that? Not just, you know, oh, I'm going to get married one day. You didn't just do that. I mean, if you were really in love with, this, with your spouse, man, you started looking forward to that day. You started thinking about how to prepare for that day. And shouldn't we be looking forward to the day of salvation? Now, we don't want to show up. Thinking our names are in the book, remember Revelation? And, and remember, he says, if you don't overcome, your name is going to be blotted out of the book of life. Yikes, we don't want that to happen. So stay the course, right? But there comes a time where you just know that you know that it's all integrated now. You're one with everything concerning God. There's no longer needing God to come down or you to go out. It's already integrated, it's one. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. When you get there and you see the mighty power of God operating in your life over and over and over again, God just keeps giving us little kisses and hugs and little winks along the way, right? There's no doubt about it. Folks, the greatest miracle that ever happened in this earth was the day that Jesus Christ was born in a manger in Bethlehem, Israel. It is Christmas time now. A lot of people argue about it. I I don't care about the arguments. Nobody knows when Jesus Christ was born. But I can tell you this, that the argument that Jesus could not be born on December 25th because it was winter in Israel, that's a really weak argument. Because first of all, what were the shepherds shepherding? Sheep and goats. And what do sheep and goats have? Wool, one of the warmest coverings ever. So the shepherds had access to the wool. The sheep weren't going to freeze. And by the way, the average temperature in Jerusalem, Israel, in December, 43 degrees. I played tennis in 43 degree weather. You're not going to freeze to death in, in, in 43 degree weather, especially the lambs that have the wool and the shepherds that could light a fire at night while they're watching. So the argument that, well, it couldn't be in uh, December because of the winter, get rid of that. Don't chew on that. You know, is it possible? Tabernacles, somebody else came up with April. They, you know, throughout history, people in the church said, well, no, he was born in May or April or March. No, he was born in August or September. Well, actually, it was in January, they said. And then they all changed it around in 300 to December 25th, which isn't a bad idea because the 25th of December was the winter solstice. That was the dark day. Well, what a great time for light to be born in the darkness. Come on. Anyways, I travel around. I see the lights. I see Christ. I hear the music of the songs that were written. About Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about Santa Claus, I'm not talking about reindeer, snowman, I'm not talking about anything, I'm talking about the songs that were written about the birth of Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle happened in this earth 2,000 years ago when God sent his son, literally formed a vessel in the virgin womb of Mary. The virgin womb bore the first fruit of the new creation species, a kind of a man, a man that had never existed on the face of the earth from the time that God created Adam to that moment, a man like no other man, a totally different DNA. A totally different kind of man. And if we don't understand this, we've got to to plow into this understanding. Jesus was the firstborn of a new creation species, a new kind of man. The first man was made of the earth and is earthy. The second man from heaven is heavenly. So there's a brand new DNA. We were all born into the first man of the earth, Adam. We are born again into the second man. Now, Jesus was born. Now imagine this. In the virgin womb of Mary, Jesus Christ, Jesus, Emmanuel, Yeshua, is formed in her belly. When she gave birth to him, she gave birth to the Son of God. God in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. God put himself in the womb of a woman from the tribe of Judah, the seed of David. God. That's absolutely miraculous. But why? To be the salvation of the world peace on earth goodwill unto all men this was god's gift to the world god sent his peace he was going to end the consternation and the conflict between himself and israel he was going to put an end to the conflict between his creation of the gentile world and himself he was coming to put away the conflict and he was bringing an offering of peace the earth and goodwill this is God coming as the only acceptable sacrifice himself what a miracle what a love what a what an amazing message God sent his son into this world just like the prophet said a virgin shall conceive just like the word of God the scriptures of the Old Testament said God came with an offering to the whole of mankind. Then, during the the last 2,000 years, and right now today, you and I have peace with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. We have peace with God. Wow. God gave peace. That peace is available to whosoever will. You don't have to be a professional You don't have to be anything but a a human being that believes in Jesus Christ and to receive him as the gift of salvation. God now reconciles you and I to himself through the bridge of the cross. And those of us who were far away are now made nigh. Oh, my God, the story is absolutely amazing. It is the most miraculous story on earth. And all people on this earth are living, what, about 80, 90 years old nowadays, whatever it is. And even when they lived to be 900 years old, they still died because it's appointed on you know, the man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. But you and I who received Jesus Christ have a promise of what? Eternal life. The greatest miracle was the birth of God's Son. Born of a virgin in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Come on. The house of bread. Yeshua said, I am the bread of... It came down from heaven, not as your father's ate of the manna that Moses gave them. He says, no, I'm the bread that father gives to the world. Moses gave the Jewish people, the Israelis, the Hebrews, the bread of manna, but they died, he said. But the father has sent me the bread of life that whosoever eats this bread shall never die. Again, the superiority of Christ over all things. Have you received him? Have you the ability to rejoice because your name is written in heaven? Not because you keep the Jewish laws, not because you keep the law of Moses, for you are saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast are you rejoicing today that your name is written in heaven because you believe and receive jesus christ man do you know you're a decision away of being one of the most happy people on the planet telling you the truth if you've already received jesus christ You're like a thought away of being the happiest person on the planet because you know that these sufferings are temporary. But the eternity before you is an eternal weight of glory that shall never end. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you've been through right now, I'm telling you, you are a thought away from being a happy dance. Woo, come on. What is that happy feet dance, man? You are, you are right there. You're a thought away. And it's in the knowledge of the scriptures that you believe that you are born again. Your name is written. You are saved by grace through faith. And you're holding on to Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus Christ into your life, you're a decision away of knowing reality, of knowing truth about God's love for you, about God's paying the price for you, about God washing you clean from all of your sins, washing you thoroughly from your iniquity, forgiving you for everything you've ever done. You are a decision away from being guilt-free. Come on. No more guilt, no more shame, no more condemnation, no more reproach. You are a decision away Nobody's asking you to join our church. Nobody's asking you to join religious organizational structures. There's a man. His name is Yeshua. He is God in the flesh that died for you. He's not going to do it again. He's already done it. But he wants you to receive and believe. Come on. Man, this is the season that this message should be more profound than at any other time. This is a marvelous moment in the economy of heaven. It affords something that the world, as it's waning and drying up, that when the ecclesia declares this message to the ends of the earth, people get born again that you never dream would get born again. You know, we always talk about Barack Obama going to prison because if they don't repent, they are. But could you imagine people that you just never would have dreamed, like Saul, before he became Paul, he never would have dreamed. But they come to contact the true living Christ. And I'm not saying these guys are. In fact, I don't think they will because they've heard the truth and they've rejected the truth in my understanding. So that's on them. I'm not their judge, but I can judge what they've done is wrong. I'm allowed to do that for sure. But the ultimate condemnation of their, on their lives comes from God alone, period. But what a moment for drug dealers, pimps, prostitutes, drug addicts, alcoholics, people that put their faith and trust in money, suddenly to come to faith in Christ. I mean, this is a time for people to get born again. Folks, are you rejoicing yet? Do you, are your feet getting happy yet? Because if your feet are not getting happy, if you're not breaking out and do a happy dance, whoop whoop whatever you do, I don't know. I'm from the old school. I don't know. I don't know. I just know you get happy. And when you get happy, and you're doing a happy dance, for what? Because you're saved. Because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, does that mean don't go and do the exploits? No, definitely go do the exploits. Let it rip. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Raise them from the dead. What the heck? If you don't try, you'll never know. Do it. But you see, that glory on the inside has to grow up and mature and release. So you got to have a proper code. Retyping the code in your DNA, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Salvation is the greatest miracle that has ever happened in this earth. It's not the parting of the Red Sea. It's not the days of Noah riding out the storm. It's not the feeding of the 5,000. Those are all offshoots of what was behind the scenes all along. What was behind the scenes of the Red Sea opening? God. What was behind the scenes of Noah's day and the flood? God. The feeding of the 5,000. God. And it was all God behind the scenes doing the works. But you and I can spend the rest of our days upon this earth doing those works And even greater works, I mean executing judgment upon wicked spirits and evil people, like the word said, but never distancing ourselves from where our joy comes from, the joy of our salvation. I don't see anything greater than that. It's 10 o'clock. I'm going to slow down. I want to say good morning to some friends today. Hey, do you have a happy dance going on in you today? Do you have a happy dance? Man, are you getting it? Do you understand? We are saved. Do you get that? You have salvation. You have experienced the greatest miracle of all. You could go outside, kick up your heels, know who you are, weapons of war, to deal with anything that comes in your sphere of influence, anything. And yet know that that's not why I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing if I lead people to faith in Christ, that's wonderful because salvation is the greatest miracle of all. And there, you have been through a season. And I, Vincent Xavier, am declaring in a prophetic utterance over you that season's coming to a close. It's a new season. It is being proclaimed and prophesied right now. It's, we've already been speaking about it for months since Tabernacles. The season has arrived the time has come a day of gross darkness and a day of glorious light all at the same time what side of the day are you going to dwell in you've got to allow your faith to take you into the glory you've got to allow your faith to allow you to rejoice and be glad and and be joyful you've got to allow for it you're a thought away, a choice away a decision away I choose life. I choose rejoicing. I choose joy. And I know what's coming down the pike. And yet that's not my reality. We tell what's coming to prepare people. That's it. But that's not my reality. My reality is exploits in the midst of it, working in the light and the glory of Christ and rejoicing because of my salvation. Are you there? Are you getting there? Let me ask them friends here. I have a good morning from Cindy and Melissa. Great jam music this morning. You like that? I'm going to do it again, by the way. I'm going to play it in just a little bit. And uh, so good morning to Cindy and Melissa, Nancy Honeycutt. Where's your husband, Nancy? I've been waiting for the man of God. I want to talk to him. I want to know what's in his heart. I want to know what's in Pastor Kevin Honeycutt's heart. But Nancy Honeycutt said, good morning and Merry Christmas. 41 degrees here in the sending our love well thank you for sending it we receive it thank you so much and we send it back the river christian center good morning from pastor jeff pastor jeff i did get your email i went into off the grid the last few days of just down but i did receive god bless you my friend david ellison good morning pastor v good morning to you kevin Halger. good morning to you kevin God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, The River Christian Center, Luke 1827. This is from Pastor Jeff. Jesus replied, what's impossible with man is possible with God. I'm ready for the miracles. Way to go, Pastor Jeff. They're going to happen, man. You watch and see. Bonnie Boyer, that was a tongue twister, she said. Good word, conform to the image of God of jesus christ praise god amen cindy says amen jesse is with us this morning good morning jesse wonderful sister good morning this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it rejoice rejoice again i say rejoice she's got her happy dance going way to go jesse david ellison blood will be replaced by god's light amen g lawrence good morning this word is for the obedient and faithful i agree i totally agree Way to go, Gala. Cindy has a hallelujah. Dean Smith, God bless you, preacher, and bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I love it. Dean is the one guy that calls me the preacher. I love Dean. Dean's awesome. Good morning to you, Dean. Bonnie Boyer, yes, we believe. Cindy, amen. Janet Ruth, sweet Jesus, she said. Cindy says, good morning, Lisa Fitzner. Lisa Fissner says, good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Lisa. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. We have a hallelujah. We have an amen from Wendy Bredesen. We have a best decision ever was to receive Jesus into my heart from Cindy. Happy dance. Oh, hallelujah. Preach it and go, pastor, preach it. Oh, we got some, <laughs> we got some more here. Good morning from Laquita and Melissa Fletcher. Good morning to you, Laquita and Melissa. Melissa says, I'm doing a happy dance and rocking around the Christmas tree. Nothing gets me more excited than rejoicing in my salvation. Amen. I love it. Praise God. We got a call coming in, and I'm going to have to put these little guys on to hear it. We've got a call coming in, a couple of calls coming in. <clears throat> Mama mia. So let's put it on. <clears throat> 479 273 we're going to have to start right there and we'll move on as we go 479273 good morning god bless you welcome to the broadcast you are on the air what's going on are you not talking 479273 55 You're not there? All right, we'll move on to another call. Coming in from area code eight seven zero. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air, eight seven zero.
1: God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
0: Hallelujah.
1: The Lord is is, this is Jacob and the Lord is saying, Go and tell them I have healing for all of the sickness. But uh, they keep killing the babies and and that's what brings it on and then when they stop doing that and stop men lying with men and women women, then the blessing can come i I've made the way i will heal them if they're just
3: the plague won't
1: go yeah the plague will leave when when uh when we stop killing the babies ah that's, ah that's the answer that is and the answer that's, the that's amazing vaccine, it, obedience is better than sacrifice hallelujah glory to god we got to go tell them the people h- need to hear that there's a cure not the one that man is thinking of but the one that jesus provided he said as long as the babies have, are dying at the rate of three thousand a day mm. that's that's a pander pandemic right amen yep. and, amen and and and, and and Abraham Lincoln said it, and Andrew Jackson said it, and George Washington said it, and we're saying it. We've got to turn away from these, humble ourselves, and turn from the wicked ways. Amen. Amen,
0: Amen. Jacob. Jacob, do you know that as you're talking, I am very familiar with a biblical story about a man by the name of Phineas and you'll remember there were there were 23,000 people died in one day in the camp of Israel because there was a plague in the camp because of the sin that was committed right and then right. the the israeli man walked into the midst of the camp with a midianite woman the midianite woman was the sin of israel they had Tempted all the men to have sexual relations with these Midianite women. And they knew that uh-huh. would get them in trouble with God. So he goes walking through. Moses is weeping with Aaron. There's this big problem going on. Nobody knows what to do. This man by the name of Phineas grabs a spear. He, and he sees the Israeli man and the Midianite woman go into the tent. And he goes into the tent. Nobody gave him permission. He takes the spear... And he pierces it through the man and the woman, kills them, spears them right there. God stops the plague. He says to Moses, he says to Moses, Moses blessed the house of Phineas forever because he had zeal. Now, Phineas had the same kind of zeal that other men of God have had. We've talked about the zeal of the Lord in different people. And we know Yeshua, the zeal of the Lord, has eaten me up. It's consumed me. The zeal of the Lord was in Yeshua. Yes. So something goes on in the, the Word of God that plagues are stopped when people do something about the problem. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yes. And, 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 and he said to the disciples, should we call down fire from the heaven on them, Lord? Because they rejected you, and he said, you don't know what spirit you have, For the Son of Man came not to destroy lives, but to save them. Praise the living God.
0: That's balanced. Okay, very good. So how do you stop this plague? I mean, this plague that's hitting the earth.
1: The people need to hear that Jesus has provided a remedy. They can just shut down their laboratories and, and, and say, Lord, you're right. You're right. And if we don't tell, they won't know. They think a vaccine's going to do it. It isn't going to ever do it. It's just going to keep increasing in strength because it's, it's coming. Jonathan Kahn writes about it, about how all of this co- coming upon our nation because of that worship mm-hmm. of Baal, that Baal worship of killing babies. and. Yep.
2: Yep. It's the plague. And when they
1: destroyed the sanctity of marriage, when that was stopped, it was w- one man, one woman, and they... They started to divorce, and all these other things happen. And then now it can be changed by going back to Jesus. Amen. Jesus has got the words. Amen.
0: Amen. Jacob, thank you for sharing. God bless you. You know, I want you to know that there were a lot of people that heard the testimony that you gave last Friday, and they were absolutely blessed by what you shared in the testimony of your life and everybody could go back and listen by the way to that testimony from jacob on friday just go to our uh, blog talk radio dot uh, com forward slash x man seven 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 or you could just go to our omega omegaradio.org website and up on the tabs you could find the uh, the blog talk radio and just go into the archives and uh, listen to that it was absolutely phenomenal jacob did an amazing work waiting for your call if you're out there today the number to call is 818-369-0326 818-369-0326 are you rejoicing in your salvation are you rejoicing this is the time to really rejoice this is the time to allow for your heart to be warmed by the goodwill Of your loving Father. I mean, this is the time to remember this is the greatest miracle that ever hit the face of the earth. This is the time of miracles. Today could be the greatest miracle in your life or reflection upon the day you received Christ into your heart the day that you receive Christ into your heart. Let's get this number calling in right now. The number is area code four seven nine three six six. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air.
3: Good morning, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Good I'm on my toes, morning, How outstretched are you? neck. <laughs>
1: Say, what's that?
3: I'm on my toes, outstretched neck. Glory, hallelujah! Glory on my toes, outstretched neck.
0: But are you doing a happy dance?
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on my toes, outstretched neck. So excited! God, He, God is really um, quickening. Uh, he is really quickening. I, I'm seeing God moving in ways that are just quick. It's quick, you know. Answered prayers, quick. It's so awesome what he is doing. You can't help but not smile. I mean, you, I mean for, you know, when you're walking right before him, you can't have, oh, yeah. yeah, cheeks up.
2: <laughs>
0: cheeks up. I love it. I love that.
2: Cheeks up. <laughs>
0: you got to get a t-shirt that says that.
3: All right. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. God Merry so Christmas good. to you,
0: too. God bless you, and <laughs> thanks for that rich, rich call. All right, the number to call again, 818-369-0326. We'd love to hear your voice. Maybe you're in the chat room right now, but, man, it's not even close to be your voice. Hidden in Jesus, there is an anointing on that woman on the phone. Ooh, wow. We'll take it. Carla, you heard that? Someone just said there was an anointing, and It was. It was the anointing of happiness and cheer. God bless you. I love it. On tiptoes, stretched out neck, wanting release. I love it. Waiting for your call. We want to hear your voice. What do you want to say about the greatest miracle that ever hit the face of the earth? Are you a partaker of the greatest miracle? You know, you get it before God in the the time where all of a sudden, everybody's going to show up on the planet, right? And everybody's going to talk about these amazing things that were done on the planet. There's not going to be a greater miracle than the birth of Christ and the purpose of that birth, which was salvation. And you were a partaker of that miracle. The fact that you are born again, sins forgiven, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's nothing greater than that. There is no greater miracle. Let's take another call coming in today, coming in from 479 273 let's try it again good morning god bless you welcome to the broadcaster on the air
3: all the angels are singing joy to
2: the, to lord, the world the
3: lord has come let to all the earth. the earth rejoice
0: hallelujah that was beautiful <laughs> and how's the rest we of that go? you Da
2: Hallelujah
0: Jesus is born Jesus was born The greatest miracle I love that Amen. song Thank you so much God bless you
2: Thank
0: you <laughs> Merry Christmas Carol To you and your family Joy Merry to Christmas the to world The world
2: oh, the Lord Lord is, is come Let oh. all the earth
0: rejoice Jesus. da 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 This is great. I feel like it's Christmas. (laughs) God bless you, Carol. (laughs) It's Christmas. Bye-bye. Shalom. What a great call. You should hear this woman sing in church. Let's take our next call. Area code 218 is calling in. Good morning, area code 218. You're on the air. Hello, area code 218. Are you there? All right. There you are. Can I hear a voice? I guess not. All right, area code 218. You were pressing one on the dial pad. We wanted to talk with you. Call back if you can. All right, waiting to hear your voice. Want to know about your joy of salvation and uh, what God is doing in your life, okay? We want to hear from you. The number to call is 818-369-0326. I see the oil from heaven covering her head. Okay, hidden in Jesus. What a good thing. David Ellison says, I'm doing backflips in the spirit, in the physical might, be doing physical therapy. <laughs> so, Dave, you're doing backflips, eh? And, and if you did that physically, you'd be doing physical therapy. I love that. And only you, David Ellison, could say that, my friend. My dear friend David and Nicole, beautiful people, waiting to hear the voice of God's kids. Are you happy dancing yet? Do not let the gates of hell push you around. Do not let the powers of darkness make you feel, oh, that's kind of silly. No, no, no. You got to break out and do a happy dance. And I don't know what that is. I saw the penguin do it. And if a penguin could break out in a happy dance, you could break out and do a happy dance. Hold on a second. Let me do this. Let me do this, because this might help somebody. All right, this is going to help somebody. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to do it one more time because I think it's one of the coolest sounds, really one of the coolest sounds ever to hit the – okay, you ready for this? This is for you. This is for you out there. I want you to get this in your spirit all day long. You say, well, I don't like that group, that sound, whatever, but you're going to. I guarantee you're going to love this, and I want to share it with you because I like sharing things with people that I really like, okay? Are you ready? here it comes. This is just for you. Just for you. Come on, everybody. Get your happy dance going. Ready? One, two, three.
2: It's a beautiful Clean fresh air, <laughs> if the weather's fine, and you've got the time, it's your chance to waste up the plan Another brand new day, Either way. beautiful morning.
0: Could be the greatest day of your life. Keep thinking it's one thought long. away. <laughs>
2: a job to do,
0: you've got a big job to
2: do,
0: come on, you've got to be on your way, you've got a job to do.
2: The earth and the world is waiting for you
0: to bring the miracle.
2: Robins flowers, such as the of these new waking hours. seems to me that people keep seeing more and more.
0: Man, I just love that song. I just absolutely love that song. It's a beautiful morning. And you say, well, that's from an old group out there that, you know, you shouldn't be putting that on your Holy Spirit broadcast. I totally disagree. I mean, I don't listen to music all the time. I woke up this morning. I heard that song in my heart. And I like the way my brother Michael changes it. I think I'll go outside for a while and pray. He talks about praying. So it's a beautiful morning, dear friend. Your job is to go tell the world about the greatest miracle to have ever hit the face of the earth. That's your job. And when you get your happy dance, your happy feet, your praise going on, come on. You don't care what people think about you. You don't care what they're going to say. You're bringing the greatest miracle that ever happened on the face of the earth, just because God is going to let you do it. Tell them, go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell them on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. You got to tell them. And you who have received the miracle let him burst. Let the babe leap. Let him grow up. His nature is on the inside of you. I know Mary when she carried that baby, whoa, man, when it was time to give birth, and you know you've been carrying the babe on the inside of you for how long now? You've been carrying Christ in you since the day you received you were. You conceived seed into you. It's time. It's time. All right. I think that's it for me. I think that's it for you. I think we've tried everything we know possible here to encourage people to call into the broadcast. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Oh, probably will not. I can't say that right now. I just don't know. I wish you a blessed day, dear friends. Saints of God. I hope that one day I'm walking down the street or driving and I, my, something starts to shake a, verb, a reverberation because God's kids all over the earth are shouting to the glory of Jesus, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Our salvation names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Wow. See you tomorrow. By the way, it's Christmas. If you would like to support this ministry, you could give online. By going to omegaradio.org or going to our website at nwmglobal. Here, I'll put it up there for you, just in case you want to send a gift to the ministry. And let's see where you got to do it. Now, that's for that. nwm. All right, so right there, nwmglobal.org under the donations tab. If you'd like to send a gift to this ministry, may God bless it richly, and may God bless your giving. We're going to say goodbye for now. Thank you for your prayer, your support. We're going to keep you more informed as the days go by. But right now, we're in something. I'm not going to let it go. I'm staying in it. You stay in it. Keep your happy dance going. Keep your happy feet. Keep your rejoicing in the Lord, your praise. Keep it turned up and turned loud, turned on. Let everybody know you've got a joy unspeakable and full of glory because you know the Savior of the world, and he called you into eternal life. You may as well tell somebody. It's the best news on the planet, now and forevermore. We'll see you next week right now, or see you when we see you. Maybe it was next week. Uh, Right now, Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's an incredible roundtable discussion with my beloved wife, Patricia Joy Xavier, who wrote a book called Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. You could tune in, be a part of that roundtable discussion. I think you'll love it. I'm Pastor Vince. We'll see you soon. Arrivederci.